from the studio of Adventist World Radio Pune. A very warm welcome to you. This is our international English service. In our program today, we bring you an inspiring message and songs of praise. You will hear God's word to strengthen you spiritually. You are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Here's a melodious song. I'd rather have Jesus than the silver or gold. I'd rather have Him than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses. programs you are welcome to write to us on this postal address adventist media center post box 1446 market yard pune 411037 maharashtra india you can also log into our website to hear all our programs which is www. awr.org Before we hear God's word here's a melodious song Jesus walked this lonesome valley He had to walk it by himself Oh nobody else could walk it for him He had 
had to walk it by himself. Adventist Media Center, Pune. We have Helen Jacob presenting God's Word. We have a guest speaker, Pastor Anupam Narangi, who will break the bread of life. Good day to you. Today's topic is Test of Faith. And the key text is taken from 2 Kings 5, 13 and 14. It reads, Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do the same great thing, would you not have done it? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times 
as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Today's talk, I'm going to base it on 2 Kings chapter 5. You know, at times our faith is tested by small things. How do we respond to it? You know, we live in a world that tends to be very casual about the problem of pride. We are swamped with books on how to achieve wealth, how to achieve beauty, how to get happiness and success. But there aren't many bestsellers with titles like Seven Steps to a Less Glamorous Life or How to Land the Lowest Type of a Job. Don King, the boxing promoter, captured our culture's attitude towards humility when he said, Sometimes I amaze even my own self. And I say that humbly. Let's face it, listeners, our culture is quite ambivalent about this humility deal, this casual attitude toward pride, however, is not biblical. Listen to the scripture. Psalms 31.23 The Lord preserves those who are true to Him, but the proud He pays back in full. Then in Psalms 101.5 Whoever has haughty eyes and a proud heart I will not tolerate. Then Proverbs 16.5 The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. James 4.6 God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. And then Daniel 4.37 And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. You know, given the clarity with which the Bible speaks against pride, the story of Naaman offers an ideal opportunity to engage ourselves in a conversation about the importance of humility. While there are other directions you could take this lesson, like obedience, self-image, witnessing, etc., the issue of pride seems to be a worthwhile focus. In the end, William Barclay was right when he summed up this whole thing. He said, Pride is the ground in which all the other sins grow and the parent from which all the other sins come. Now let's get into the story of Naaman itself. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and he was highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots 
and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. So he turned and went off in rage. He reacted this way because pride got into him. He was an important person in his kingdom. And here Elisha was treating him like a nobody. We find Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, Wash and be cleansed. So Naaman went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean, like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, I will not accept a thing. So Gehazi, Elisha's servant, hurried after Naaman. When Naaman saw him running towards him, he got down from the chariot to meet him. Is everything all right? he asked. Everything is all right, Gehazi answered. My master sent me to say, Two young men from the company of the prophets have just come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two sets of clothings. When he went in and stood before his master, Elisha asked him, Where have you been, Gehazi? Your servant didn't go anywhere, Gehazi answered. But Elisha said to him, Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. Then Gehazi went from Elisha's presence and his skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. This story was based on 2 Kings 5, 1 to 3, then 9 to 16, then 21 to 27. You know, a student was once applying for admission to New York University and he gave a very creative answer when he was questioned. Are there any personal accomplishment or significant experiences you have had that help to define you as a person? You know, his answer was very, very striking. He said, I am a dynamic figure often seen scaling walls and crushing ice. I have been known to remodel train stations during my lunch breaks, making them more efficient in the area of heat retention. I write award-winning operas. Occasionally, I tread water for three days in a row. I can cook 30-minute brownies in just 20 minutes. Using only a hoe and a large glass of water, I once single-handedly defended 
a small village in the Amazon basin from a horde of ferocious army ants. I play bluegrass cello. I was scouted by the Mets. I am the subject of numerous documentaries. When I am bored, I build large suspension bridges in my yard. I enjoy urban hang gliding. On Wednesdays after school, I repair electrical appliances free of charge. I am an abstract artist, a concrete analyst, and a ruthless bookie. I am a private citizen, yet I receive fan mail. I have been caller number nine and have won the weekend passes. Last summer, I toured New Jersey with a traveling centrifugal force demonstration. My deft floral arrangements have earned me fame in international botany circles. Children, they trust me. I balance, I weave, I dodge, I frolic, and my bills are all paid. Years ago, I discovered the meaning of life, but forgot to write it down. I have made extraordinary four-course meals using only a blender and a toaster oven. I have won cliff diving competition in Sri Lanka and spelling bees in the Kremlin. I have performed open heart surgery, but I have not yet gone to college. You know, like this student who, by the way, did get accepted into the New York University. Naman had lots and lots of skills. He was larger than life with hordes of talents, money, power and fame. But Naman had one other thing that all the power and fame in the world couldn't fix. A patch of discolored skin. This little spot of leprosy would kill him. Naman's only hope for healing came through humbly accepting his limitation and obeying the command to go and dip himself in a polluted river. Only when he humbled himself before God did he receive healing. Proverbs 16.18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride, my friends, is a sin. But God will forgive us when we confess our sins. The Bible warns us that pride leads us to destruction. Conceit is a cancer to Christians. It ruins friendships, damages relationships, and compromises intimacy with God. The proud spirit of Naaman rebelled against following the course outlined by Elisha. The rivers mentioned by the Syrian captain were beautified by surrounding groves, and many flocked to the banks of these Sumerian rivers because of the pleasant streams. They gathered there to worship their idol gods, and it would have cost Naman no great humiliation of soul to descend into one of those streams. But it was only through following the specific direction of the prophet that he could find healing. Willing obedience alone would bring the desired result. 
you know, we have some very comforting thoughts and admonitions coming to us from various portions from the Bible as well as from the pen of Ellen G. White. Galatians 6, 3-5 If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Then we find in Psalms 138.6, Though the Lord is exalted, He looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, He sees them from afar. Romans 12.3, For the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Proverbs 16.18 Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Ellen White writes in Prophets and Kings, Many men think to hide their evil deeds from human eyes, but they cannot deceive God. Truth is of God. Deception in all its myriad forms is of Satan. And whoever in any way departs from the straight line of truth is betraying himself into the power of the wicked one. Yes, my friends, that's what pride does to us. If you give to it, then it will lead you away from God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for giving us this lovely lesson in which you have showed us what pride can do to each one of us. So we come to thee to make us humble. Bless us with this characteristic so that we may be drawn closer to thee. Thank you for listening to my prayer. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. i
Silently now I wait for thee. Ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my ears, illumine me. broadcast to know more on god's word you are always welcome to write to us adventist media center post box 1446 market yard pune 411037 maharashtra india and you can email us at helenrichesv@gmail.com Helen Riches V at Gmail dot com. H E L E N R I C H E S V at Gmail dot com. You can contact us with your prayer requests and your interest for Bible study at these numbers: Center of Digital Evangelism C D E. Zero 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 eight zero 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 four zero one seven zero four, or you can message us directly at plus one seven four seven two eight two two eight eight zero. Our WhatsApp number is plus nine one nine zero 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 eight. Nine zero nine three, and you can email us at Helen Riches V 
at gmail.com h-e-l-e-n-r-i-c-h-e-s-v at gmail.com We invite you to visit us on our website www.awr.org This is David and I am Madhuri signing off at AWR Do join us again along with your family and friends Till then we wish you goodbye, goodbye and, and god, god bless, bless.